Sports Show is owned and produced by Tim Unglesby. All opinions expressed by the host or guests are their own and are not endorsed by either radio station KRLV Management or any of their advertisers. Are you ready? Now back to E-Wave Sports. We are back. Hour 2, Heat Wave Sports, Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM. Tim Unglesby, Tom Barton, and Cotton with you here for the last hour as we get you ready for NFL Week 4. Nine games to get to here in the morning. Nine games in the morning, three in the afternoon. The scheduling balance seems to be right there, doesn't it? Tom, before we jump into the morning stuff, Talk about Tom Barton Sports.com. Just a, you're, you're in fuego, as our old buddy Dan Patrick used to say. Yeah, it is. A, it has been a great month of September. You guys can go check me out and go uh, go check out all the numbers that I have. Okay, I, I love it. I love when I say things and I go, "Look, I'm not that guy that, that throws out ra- random crazy stats, but I have it. I have the stats to prove it here." In the past thirty days, Tim. I'm 30 and 13. Yeah, that's a 70% winning percentage. Um, I, look, I only went two and two in college football th- this week. So, you know, I'm not sitting here tooting my horn, but I'm absolutely crushing it with everything that I have done. Uh, the past seven days, we're, we're making money. The past seven days, past 30 days, I've been absolutely on fire, 70%. Tomorrow at TomBartonSports.com, I have four plays on the board. So it's a huge NFL game, a huge NFL day. I'm pumped up about it. I I don't do parlays, Tim, but I feel so good about these games that I'm looking at this and I'm going, yeah, some of them might, you might want to parlay all four of them. I feel red hot. I'm getting ready to come out next week. I'll be sitting next to you again next week. We're going to continue this thing. And anybody that has any doubts, again, I'm part of Capra's Monitor. I'm part of Capra Tech. I'm part of different handicapping websites that are independent from me just to put out my numbers, put out my games. You can find out every one of my games 15 minutes after it goes off. It's all right there. But, Tim, if anybody really wants to check me out, how how are we doing together? How about uh, in the Westgate contest? Four and one week one. Two and three week two wasn't that good. Four and one last week. But I think anybody out there, anybody's going to take a 10 and five (laughs) <laughs> and, and just cash in on a 10-5 and five record after three weeks. How about that at TomBartonSports.com? 10-5. and five. Literally, Tom, we were a, a complete collapse by the Titans in week one, and then a missed field goal last week. That would be 12-3 and three in the top 25 of one for those. And I know everybody's saying, well, that stuff happens in football. I'm just saying, a complete collapse in the second half by Tennessee in week one and a missed field goal, and we're sitting top 25. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I was when I, I was talking to Rob Mish. By the way, you know, again, thank you to Rob for uh, writing a great article about me. Um, you guys could check that out, Tom Barton Sports. But I was talking to Rob. We, we were talking about what hurts, you know, what kind of losses hurt. I'm like, you know, it, it, it look, you lose the same amount of money no matter what. Um, but I, I just can't stand games that I handicap the right way and I lose. Right? I can't stand those. They drive me nuts. Tim, I would rather lose like 40 to nothing okay, um, than that way. I'll give you an example about college football this week. So I gave out Minnesota today, minus 12 and a half points. The Minnesota Gophers, they, they literally lost outright. 
Okay. Now I didn't know, and nobody knew because he was standing on the sideline and fully dressed that they're the best player in the country. The best running back in the country was going to miss the game. No excuse, but I feel fine about that loss. But the one that bothers me, you know, is the idea that Tulsa had the ball on the one yard line and couldn't get it in uh, down by 10 points. You, you score that. I would have won the over as opposed to losing the over on that game. I would rather lose a game where I just completely was wrong than handicap in the right way and still lose. And we have two of those losses out of the, out of the five losses that we have. We have two losses that I handicapped the game absolutely perfectly, yet somehow or another we came up lane. You heard Tommy. Go to TomBartonSports.com, sign up, mention Heatwave Sports. He might take care of you with a little extra bonus. But what bonus more do you need than to just win consistently, which Tommy has done now well over a decade at TomBartonSports.com. And here's one for you, Tommy. For tomorrow, we'll start the morning games off. In Houston, the Chargers head to Texas to take on the Texans. San Diego, 1-2. and two. Houston, 0-2-1. and one. And last week, we actually went against the Chargers. Herbert banged up. We like the Jags. They rolled over L.A., excuse me, on, uh, on the road. So in this one, the Chargers head to Houston, as I said, five-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Tim, Herbert was banged up. He didn't look too good, and you're right. I made a lot of money on, on Jacksonville last week. Um, but I can't, I can't look at anything here other than the injury report because Herbert d- didn't look good. But I think he's going to look better this week. He's looked better in camp uh, or in practice over the last couple of days. Yes. Joey Bosa, though, is banged up. Jalen Guyton is out for this one. And the big one that gets me is Rashawn Slater is out. People are going, oh, I'm talking about offensive linemen again. Well, let, let me just explain this to you. Rashawn Slater uh, is out, and he's out for the year with a torn bicep, by the way. So his backup is Storm Norton. He comes in. He had 25 pass-blocking snaps, Tim. He allowed eight pressures. He's allowed the fourth most pressures this year. He hasn't started a game yet. Okay, that's his backup. So I worry about Justin Herbert being protected in this spot. Now, when you look at this, you go, you you have problems with the Chargers, even if they were. They're 32nd in both rushing yards and y- rushing yards per attempt, which is terrible. Okay, they're they're bottom five in rushing yards per game last season. You know, teams are 9-17 and 17 and gets the spread when they were favored with that statistic. But Houston, oh, by the way, is bottom five in offense as well. Houston, by the way, is 23rd in passing yards per game. Houston's defense, oh, yeah, well, that's what everyone's banking on here, right? Houston's defense, well, they look good. Houston's defense look good. 13th fewest points per game. Let's all bank on Houston's defense. Guys, they went up against the Colts without Michael Pittman, and we're trying to restart with Matt Ryan. They went up against the Broncos, who literally can't get out of their own way with Nathaniel Hackett, and the Bears, where I think over the course of the last hour, I've passed for more yards than Justin Fields. So let's not make too much about this this defense here. The Texans are 0-2-1, and if you want to watch that game, you know, you're, you're really looking at this and going, yeah, Colts got started late. They almost should be 0-3, and I'm a guy that bet on the Texans. The Chargers are 1-2. They are not a 1-3 team. This is charges or nothing for me. Does the Slater injury bother me? Yeah. Does the Bosa injury bother me? Sure. 
I think Herbert's going to be a little bit better this week. Does a Keenan Allen injury bother me? Yes, it all bothers me. But it's still the Texans, Tim. I don't know if I want to lay the points with the Chargers, which opened up at 8.5 and, and it's down to 5.5. I don't know if I want to lay the points with them, but I think the Chargers came out of here with a win. You said, too, that the, the game plan, you know, we talked about the game plan with with Brady. There's a game plan for Eckler. You mentioned it before, Tom, is we don't want to run this guy into the ground early in the year. We want him fresh for the, the second half of the season. And I know the offensive line worries you, but at some point he's going to have to get more involved in the offense, right? You think that he should, and you're going, you know, for you fantasy players out there, people are ripping apart also Oh, he's not having a great season. He's ranked as the number 13, 13th best running back in a PPR league. Why? Because he's catching the ball out of the backfield. There's a design to keep Austin Eckler fresh, and he said it himself. He went on fantasy shows and things like that uh, in the offseason, and he said there is a, a specific design to keep me fresh. They, they, that's This is what they want to do. I don't expect Eckler to all of a sudden start running the ball between the tackles anytime soon, Tim. I think they know he can, and I think later on in the season we might see it, but there's a reason why they brought in a Sony Michelle. There's a reason why they drafted who they drafted. There's a reason why they retained uh, you know, a guy like Kelly. They don't want that to be Austin Eckler. So, yeah, Austin Eckler needs to be involved more, but I don't expect it to be involved in the running game. I think that it's going to be more passes out of the backfield and get the guy in open spaces. At this point, Austin Eckler is a glorified wide receiver. He's almost Debo Samuel. And, you know, you have to change and adapt with what he is. This one might be the game of the day tomorrow. Buffalo at Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Both teams 2-1. and Features the top two quarterbacks in the NFL right now, statistically, Tom. Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson leads the NFL with 10 touchdown passes right now. And you can grab the Ravens in some places, Tommy, plus three on their home field. Yeah, this is easily the game of the day. And it's a game of the day because um, not only because of just the matchup itself, both of these teams have Super Bowl aspirations. And both of these teams have quarterbacks that could be in the MVP conversation like we told you, right? I mean, we, we knew this. Jackson leads the league, 10 touchdown passes. Allen is second with nine. You know, they're the only two players in NFL history. It's 100 plus years. So both have nine touchdown passes and 100 rushing yards the first three games of the season. They're, they're very, very close in what kind of player they are. Buffalo lost a game last week and people reacted. Let me tell you something. Buffalo absolutely owned the Miami Dolphins statistically. The Bills ran 90 plays against the Dolphins. Tim, let me say that again. 90 plays. They had 500 yards of total offense. Somehow, <laughs> 17 points is all they, they got done. Uh, if they run 90 plays and 500 yards of total offense again, you're going to see a game into the 30s or 40s for them. It was a fluky kind of performance. Jackson, by the way, look, he looked good. Five touchdowns in Foxborough, had no problem there. You, you start to kind of look at what teams do well, what teams don't do well. And we go back to the injury bug, which is the prevailing thought about what is going on uh, in the NFL right now for this week. And that is the Bills' defense is banged up. The secondary is really banged up. Uh, the secondary right now, they, they're missing, you could argue, three starters and, and maybe even a fourth if you want to consider Williams a starter in a nickel package. That's a problem. Now, you look at what they did last week, though. The Dolphins, they had a terrible offensive game. And the worst offensive game that they've had, they had 200 yards offensively, Tim. 200 yards. So 
the Bills' banged-up defense was able to do things. It just wasn't the end result. And this is what we always talk about. Talk about the what happened. The end result matters, but how you get there also matters. I don't know if the Ravens are going to be able to pass on this team. Now, you can tell me that Jackson has 10 passing touchdowns, and he does, okay? Um, you can tell me that, that they have the number one scoring offense in the NFL. They absolutely do. That, that's true. But they're 26 in the league in pass attempts. 26 in the league in pass attempts, first overall in passing touchdowns. Tim, that's an anomaly. That just doesn't happen. That is something that's one of those fluky stats that I think we have to read into. The Buffalo Bills can be taken advantage through the air. The Baltimore Ravens don't go through the air. Take away the touchdowns, which is a fluky stat. Look, the reality is you have to go deep on them. Baltimore has, has allowed deep passes as well. 17 deep pass receptions through three games. That is the league high. So they can get beat deep. Who do you have more confidence in going deep and going to the air consistently tomorrow? Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson? As good as Lamar has been, I'll side with the Josh Allen side because they're both going to attack these secondaries. I just think that Allen should have more success. Being a fan of the Ravens, that last piece of info you just gave out really worries me because I've seen it. Um, I've seen Devontae Parker light that secondary up. I saw Tyreek Hill and Waddle light that secondary up. I saw Joe Flacco throw for 300 yards on him. That does worry me against a caliber quarterback like Josh Allen. So I, I'm, uh, I'm chewing my nails already, and the game hasn't even started yet. It does worry me. I, the positive for Baltimore that I did see was that Dobbins was back, and you, you almost called it dead on on how many carries he's going to get. He was just off that 10, and I think he gets a little more tomorrow. Justice Hill looked really good in the small, uh, small segments that he was able to play. So I think we see the running game for the Ravens starting to build up, Tom, and that may not benefit them tomorrow necessarily, but as we get further into the season, that's the game plan that you're going to see Baltimore go with. Yeah, you know, look, they're going to have to start running the ball. I think he gets amped up a little bit more. I think he gets a couple of more carries. But, Tim, he's not going to go from 10 to 20. You know, I, I think 13, 14 is probably right in his comfort zone for tomorrow which means, you know, they're going to have to pass. There's just no way around it. They're going to have to pass, and they should against this Buffalo defense and the defensive backs of Buffalo. Uh, but I, I'm watching the game again, watching what they did against Miami. Hill you know, was open all game against Cincinnati. He wasn't against Buffalo, despite backups. Waddle, yeah, he had a couple of nice catches. He wasn't open the way that people think that he was open. And this is a clear case of people looking at their end result and going, oh, that must have been, you know, they, they crushed them. No, 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 no. That was not the end result of what we really and truly are looking at. Tommy's Bears will be right in his own backyard, New York, to take on the Giants. The Giants, a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. And, Tom, I don't think anybody thought both these teams would be two-and-one at this point in the season. No, not at all. And I'm telling you, it's funny because everybody has jokes about the bears. Everybody's ripping the bears apart. The bears can't pass. No, they can't. The bears uh, cannot pass at all. The bears, Justin Fields last week, 106 yards and two interceptions, eight completions. Yeah. The bears are terrible. I get it. The bears cannot do anything. Oh man. How bad. Hold on. The bears are 11th in points allowed. Oh, that's real. The Bears are second in rushing yards allowed. Yeah, that's real. Khalil Herbert, who I've been talking about for two years now, 150 yards on the ground. 
Khalil Herbert is top five in broken tackles since he's come into the league, despite not being a starter. The Bears have also forced five turnovers in the first three games, and they're going up against Daniel Jones, one of the biggest quarterbacks that turns the ball over. Um, yeah, this is a spot where everyone's kind of laughing at the Bears because uh, they have two wins, but they can't pass the ball. They're not trying to. They're playing a different sport. I mean, they just are. They're going back to, to the 1950s here. They're running the ball. They're playing close. They are playing good defense, and they're turning the ball over. Roquan Smith had like 18 tackles last week, guys, and that's exactly what they want. Now you go up against a Giants team that, yeah, look, the Giants, they are a decent defense, but they excel defensively at the one thing the Bears don't care about. The Giants' defense is in the top 10 in the fewest passing yards allowed. The Bears laugh at that. We don't have to pass the ball ever. They're going to run the ball. And without Leonard Williams, who is absolutely the key to that Giants defense, you can see teams running all over them. Look at what Dallas did to them. Once Leonard Williams is out of that game, you could run it right up the gut, and that's exactly what's going on. They have the 25th-ranked run defense in the NFL. Dallas pulled off almost 180 yards on them. Then you look at the other side of things, and you go, the New York Giants lost their star receiver, Sterling Shepard. You might not love him. He was their number one guy. He's out. The Giants also have allowed 13 sacks in three games, and Evan Neal, who's the rookie, has looked absolutely atrocious. He's going to be going up against Pro Bowl second teamer Robert Quinn in this one. <laughs> I look at all this information, Tim, and I'm going, I don't know how the line is rising. I don't know how, when I looked up the, the numbers, 73% of the people coming in on the Giants. Everyone loves the Giants in this spot. I know I'm a Bears guy, and I know I'm a Bears fan. But guys, just because they're winning ugly doesn't mean they can't win. Everything breaks right on an X's and O's standpoint for the Chicago Bears tomorrow. You lean towards the under 39 and a half? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, this is going to be one of those games where both of them should run the ball all day. You don't want you don't want Daniel Jones sitting back there being a sitting duck for Robert Quinn coming over the corner. You don't want that. They're going to both run it. Going to be, this is like a 13-10 kind of game. I think it's going to be ugly. It's going to be nasty. It could be raining here in New York tomorrow. It's just a, a, a gross kind of game that the Bears have now had two gross games, and they're 2-0 in those gross games. Divisional matchup in this one. Tennessee, winner at home over the Raiders last week. Indianapolis will stay at home after beating, uh, beating the Chiefs. We talked about that earlier. Tennessee one and two. The Colts one one and one, and the Colts Tom a three and a hook point favorite at home. Yeah, you know this is a uh, this should be one of the best games of the day, but it's lost a lot of luster. I mean, hasn't it? Not only because of the way the team started, but you just don't feel good about either one of these teams. Uh, they both sort of go out there and save their season, but. I don't feel good about this. The over-under for Derrick Henry tomorrow is 71 yards. That's the lowest I can remember in a long time. And it's up against a Colts defense that is not very good early on in the season. That's just showing you what people believe in what Derrick Henry has taken that step back. The Titans sorely miss Landry, who I know I mentioned quite a few times. That is their main pass rusher. And then you look at the Colts and you go, okay, sure, they're getting Pittman back. But did this all, all solve every problem? A win fluky win, by the way, over Kansas City uh, that they shouldn't have won the game had it not been for a banged-up backup kicker. It, does that solve the Colts' problems? Because what I still see with the Colts is that their number one receiver might be Pittman. They don't have a number two receiver. 
And their defense still has a hole in the middle. Their defense still can be passed on, which the Titans can't do. I mean, you know, this is one of the more unappealing division against division matchups. And if I told you about this matchup in August, Tim, you would go, oh, man, that week three matchup, Titans-Colts is going to be great. You got one and two against one, one, and one. And it wouldn't shock me if both of these teams were 0-3. I mean, it, it's an ugly matchup. I can give you, you know, Tennessee is 4-1 and against the spread over the last five, and the road team is 6-1 and against the spread over the last seven. I, I, I mean, to me, this is uh, one of those – those 17-16 type of games, I just give me the points. I'm not saying that the Colts can't win and cover. Sure they can. I, I'm staying far away from this one. Tom, you, you talked about Eckler and the uh, fantasy teams, the people running around just up in arms over statistically what Eckler's doing. We've got Jonathan Taylor who's drafted first in a lot of drafts, just 286 yards on the ground. He only has eight catches out of the backfield, but more importantly, one touchdown so far. Yeah, and, and, you know, you look at his numbers. The market has not adjusted. 95 rushing yards tomorrow. They're expecting him to have a huge game again. And it, it seems to me like they're almost using him as a decoy on certain plays. If you go back and you watch the film, he's such a threat that they're stepping back and they're just kind of going, oh, okay, you know, here you go. Uh, we're we're going to act like we're giving it to the big threat. The problem is, is that after a while, you eventually have to give it to the big threat. He's actually got to do stuff. Right. I mean, he's got to go out there and perform and he hasn't gone out there and performed right now. So it is something to, to, to pay attention to. Let's look at the Thursday night game real quick. And then we'll take a timeout. Tom Cincinnati defended home field 27, 15 win over the dolphins as a three and a half point favorite Four four at a lot of places when the game went off. The, the, the Tua thing, talking about it from, from a sports standpoint, the Tua thing is the big discussion today, Tom. Your thoughts on that and your thoughts on, on Cincinnati getting the win? Yeah, look, I, I'm not shocked that Cincinnati got the win. Um, the Miami Dolphins played in 90-plus degree weather. They were on the field for 90 plays, like I said, against Buffalo. Uh, it was a long game, and then to travel on a short week, everything was set up for Cincinnati there. I mean, everything was set up for the Bengals to win. And they barely did, to be honest with you. Uh, I thought the play calling was suspect. I, I, I'm not blaming the Tua thing, you know, for the loss. I, I think that it was just a bad game for Miami or it was about what should have happened. On the Tua side, though, you know, it starts to become interesting. Look, the doctor was fired and you go, oh, man, I'm so shocked. Are we really? I mean, Tyrod Taylor, we announced last week, is now in a lawsuit because the doctor punctured his, his lung. I mean, these guys do make mistakes. It does happen. But this was a mistake I think the entire world saw and said, what, what is going on? Uh, this team will go nowhere with Teddy Bridgewater long term. But that doesn't mean I don't think that Teddy Bridgewater could keep them afloat. You know, if you were telling me that uh, two is out for the year, I'm going the Dolphins are finished. If you tell me that, that, you know, Teddy Bridgewater has to be the guy for a month, I think they could keep it afloat. I think that Teddy Bridgewater is a solid quarterback. We call him Teddy Covers. He's the greatest covering quarterback in the history of the NFL. Yes, that is real. Um, he is a guy that I think that the team likes. He adds an element that he can utilize all kinds of different positions and points. And I love the idea, um, if you're the Dolphins, I love the idea that you get the extra day's rest to get him under center and to get him the practice time. Our thoughts are with Tua. He's a good guy. I mean, he just, even off the field, man, This it, Tua is a good guy. I, I hated when people were kind of ripping him apart. Look, I, I don't like Alabama, and I'm saying that Tua is a good guy. 
We hope that he gets back. We hope it was just a, a misstep and not something nefarious. It doesn't look good. It's a black eye on the NFL. It's a black eye that in the NFL that comes away from sports and it goes to the mainstream media, which is even worse. I, I had dinner last night with a, a, a couple of friends of mine, and the couple is, is not football fans, and they were like, wait, what happened? I explained it to them. They saw the video, and they're like, I mean, appalled. It's appalling to anybody that could watch what happened to him the week before and then what happened last week. But overall, from just a football perspective, um, I, I hope that he gets back. I think he's going to be back. But you're in good hands with Teddy Bridgewater if you need him for two, three games. If it's any longer than that, Tim, the Dolphins are in some serious trouble. Devon, let's take a timeout here. It's Egrave Sports, Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas. Tim will be Tom Barton. Five games left from the morning slate. And, of course, you get your free picks at the end of the show. Stay tuned for that. It's Timmy Teaser. 3-0 to start the season. Stay tuned for that and more at T-Wave Sports, Fox Sports Radio. Defense on me! Okay, Petey, don't you drift to the strong side. Coach, they're calling a holding penalty on me every time. Did I ask for your excuses? You want to act like a star? You better give me a star effort. Do you hear me? Forget about him! Alan, you're in. Come on. All right. Now, I don't want them to gain another yard. You blitz all night. And if they cross the line of scrimmage, I'm going to take every last one of you out. You make sure that they remember forever the night they played the Titans. What? Back to Heat Wave Sports with Tim Oglesby and Tom Barton. A few more games to go here in the morning slate, week four of the National Football League. Make sure you stay tuned to Heat Wave Sports every Saturday and Sunday night at 10 o'clock. And Tom, back in Vegas. I, I couldn't get you out here for three years almost, and now you're back twice within a month. Yeah, I'll be back. Uh... We're coming back. We're going we're gonna to land on Friday. So I'll be there Friday, Saturday, Sunday this time. Uh, a shorter stay, but yeah, it's, it's pretty good. You know, now, like I said, now, now, now that the door's open, uh, you're going to see me a lot now. All of a sudden, it's going to be like like the old days, Tim. It'll just pop up. Hey, what's up? I'm in town. Well, what, what are we doing? Where are we grabbing dinner? Tom, does that mean, I, I know there's uh, variables here. Does that mean that Tim and Tom get a night out on the town still? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Abby's coming in for a conference. So, um, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to spend Friday night hanging out. And then Saturday, uh, seems like I'm going to be alone most of the day, to be honest with you. So I could get myself in a little bit of trouble there. <laughs> well, hopefully you won't be betting on this game. Here's the, the questionable line of the week. We always have one. Cleveland at Atlanta. The Browns 2-1. and one. The Falcons 1-2. and two. Cleveland, a few days extra rest after that Thursday night win at home over Pittsburgh. So they head to Atlanta in this one, Tom, yet they're a one-point favorite. Yeah, this is a, a tough matchup for me to look at, both from the standpoint of Browns-Falcons and from the, the over-under, which I, I believe people just reacting, and I, I don't understand the reactions to what's going on. Look, what the Browns have told you is that they're just going to run. Run it all day, which they should. Now, you have the Injoku game where he looked good, and you have Amari Cooper looking good. But 
Chubb has run for 341 rushing yards and four touchdowns already. And then you have the running game of the Atlanta Falcons. Cordell Patterson averaging over 100 yards per game over the first three weeks. Yeah, you you look at this and you go, that's pretty good. Um, I know that Mariota has played well in spots and Drake London has potential. He's looked good in his brief time. And, And Kyle Pitts has all kinds of potential. And it's all... But mostly this Falcons team has been about controlling the ball and running it with Patterson. And you look at everybody going on the over, I'm not sure. I look at the Browns and I go, yeah, the Browns, the same thing. They want to run the ball all day. Now, I will say this. Look, the Falcons right in the middle of the pack for the rushing defense. So, you know, maybe that's one of those spots where you go, yeah. And the Falcons have also played three games to the over, um, about 50 points per game. But Jacoby Brissett, while he has done okay, he's completing 66% of his passes, four touchdowns, one pick. The Falcons are 27th in the NFL in yards surrendered. Yeah, there's a lot to go for the over here, and there's a lot to go for the Browns. But I think Atlanta is playing better than what we have seen. And if Atlanta is running success, that adds something to it as well. The one thing I will say that is just not being talked about, Tim, Miles Garrett is is you know a piece of trash anyway. Not that I wanted him to get into an accident, okay? Uh, but he's a piece of trash anyway. And and you look at what he did this week, and from a f- straight football perspective, I don't think he's going to be hundred percent even if he does play. And I don't think he plays. What's not being talked about is how much of an impact his absence can be here. If this is a, a team in the Falcons that needs every single advantage. This is the best defensive player on the Cleveland Browns will be out of this game or at the very least limited for this game. I think that that's something that we need to talk about for this game. I, I think Cleveland probably makes sense as the right side. I think Cleveland should be the favorite here. I think the over probably should be bet, but I'm seeing upwards of 80% of the people on the over and 70 some odd percent of the people on the Browns. And I'm going, I can certainly make a case for the Falcons and the under, and I think I just did. Seattle at Detroit. Both teams one and two. And last week, Tom, we saw the Lions pull the Lions. A big lead going into the fourth quarter against Minnesota. They found a way to lose that football game. And they're a a three-and-a-half-point favorite on their home field here in week four. All right, Tim, let me sit back and destroy Seattle here. Seattle's 5-1 and one against the spread. They last 16 road games. They do not travel well. Absolutely horrendous, right? The Lions have scored a touchdown in 17 consecutive quarters. That's the longest active streak in the NFL. Their offense is dominating. Pro Football Focus has Seattle's offensive line ranked at 31 on run blocking. They're a, they cannot run block. Oh, by the way, they're also ranked 30th in plays per game, so they don't even get a lot of plays off. The Lions should dominate this game. Are you kidding me? Their scoring offense is only 1.3 points behind the Ravens for the best through three weeks. They have the second-best scoring offense overall. But as Lee Corso would say, <laughs> Just wait. Hold on. Not so fast, my friend. Because DeAndre Swift is going to be out of this game, it looks like. DeAndre Swift is a major component to this offense. Amon St. Brown looks like he's going to be out of this game. He is uh, established himself as one of the best top 10 receivers in the league. Safety Tracy Walker will also be out of this game. Tyler Lockett has had 11 targets each of the last two weeks. There's a soft spot where the Detroit Lions, not only are they 
banged up with Walker being out, and Walker's out for the season, by the way. Not only are the Lions banged up with Walker being out, but you also have to say it's a soft spot because they're the worst defensive backs in the league right now. And what they do when you look at the numbers, they cause a lot of personal fouls out there, a lot of pass interference calls as well. So it's just one of those throw it up to a big body DK Metcalf or just pepper Tyler Lockett, who'll be on the second receiver. I loved Detroit early on. I was all over the, the Lions. I thought, wow, they're a six-point favorite. They should be a six-point favorite. But you take away Swift. You take away Walker. You take away Brown. And now you go, you know, what is the Seahawks? Have, what is the one thing that they've been able to do? Well, that that is the one thing that the Lions just can't really defend right now. Unless Hutchinson gets a lot of pressure on him. I think this is a nip-and-tuck game. I think this is one of those field goal type of games. I don't want to be laying six with a banged-up Lions team. And I know the Lions come down a little bit, but that's where it stood as of yesterday. Next one up, I'm really looking forward to, to this one. Jacksonville, 2-1, and one, heads to Philly to take on the Eagles, who are 3-0, and oh, the only undefeated team left in the National Football League. The Eagles, six-and-a-half-point home favorites tomorrow. Uh, this one, quarterback, Hurts, Lawrence, should be a good one. Yeah, I made money on Jacksonville the last uh, two weeks, and, and I definitely like them more than people are talking about. I've sat here since the summer, and I've been mocked. I've been laughed at at Tom Barton Sports over on Twitter. Everyone joking, ah, oh, you're talking about the Jacksonville defense. Well, how'd they look last week, by the way? Right? Jacksonville defense has players. They drafted really, really well. Um, their defense is absolutely j- just one of those lockdown units. They have held... Jonathan Taylor and Austin Eckler to 59 yards combined rushing yards, guys. They You cannot run on this team. I like Miles Sanders under 63 yards, by the way, uh, for next week or for, for tomorrow as a, a prop play. And you look at what Jacksonville does defensively, and then you complement it with what they're doing offensively, which is really fantastic. Jacksonville's offense is going 28 points per game. That's seventh in the NFL. But it is their defense, 12.7 points per game, guys which here is where I give them a fighting chance. Peterson returns. And while a lot of the players don't know, you know about the Peterson thing, this has got to mean something to him. It really does. The Eagles, their defense is top five in passing yard attempt, completion rate, passer rating, yards per play. They're also second in sacks, third in quarterback pressures. You look at the line and you go, yeah, I think the Eagles' defense is going to play very, very well. But I think Jacksonville's defense is going to play well also. You you. Look at what teams do well and what teams don't do well. Minnesota couldn't stop the pass. We knew that. We knew what was going in. Well, Jacksonville can stop the pass. You can't run on this team either. This is a Philly team that is flawed. They are not the beat-all, end-all team. But I do think that they are the better team. I think that defense is the better unit of the offense, Jacksonville, against the defense of the Eagles. So I see a defensive struggle for both teams. I like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Because I think this line is way inflated. If you took Jacksonville off of the jersey, Tim, and the history of what the Jags are off the jersey, and you just watched the first three games by this innocuous team from Florida, this should be a three-point spread. It's up to six and a half and seven in some spots. I just think it's a little lofty for me, but I think the Eagles are the better team. Tom, um, I feel it's inflated because of not only uh, how they've how they've done so. 3-0 last two weeks, though, they've only given up an average of 7.5 points. But also, I think the stigma of Jacksonville is still there, regardless of the record. It's built in. Not, you know, if you, if you casually follow the NFL, 
what's your lasting impression of Jacksonville? They're terrible, right? You're not paying attention, obviously, because they are much improved. We've seen that Peterson's done world's wonder in just a short time he's been there, and I'm really looking forward to as the season progresses. But, you know, I look at Philly, and I agree with you. I think they're overvalued, but yet I still think they'll find a way to win this game tomorrow. And I, and I not to take away from this game, I just want to kind of peek around the corner because next week this Eagle team, which should be 4-0, is going to head to Phoenix to take on the Cardinals. And barring any type of serious injuries, Tom, you can already bet Eagles minus four and a half, five, almost a spot if healthy to look at the Cardinals next week. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I I love the look aheads, Tim. And you know, uh, we were talking about the Miami Dolphins earlier. I uh, the look ahead line. I asked uh, Jeffrey Benson and Jay Cornegie on Twitter today what was the look ahead line because it was five and a half before two went down. And I think that you can get. I think you can get Miami. Um, uh, probably minus two and a half, two, two and a half. And they seem to agree three at, at most. So I love the look ahead line. That's a good spot. That's a good call right there, you know, for that, for that next week game with Philly. And I know you agree. It's, it's uh, the overvalue is a product of the schedule, right? Lions, Vikings, Monday night. We already know you talked about cousins problems there and Washington. Not exactly like the, the uh, Phillies played a murderer's row of football team. No, and guess what? You know, Tim, what's going to happen is that even if they beat Jacksonville, like you said, people are still just going to go, uh, oh, it's Jacksonville. <laughs> right? Yeah. They, yeah. That's, they're still not going to get the credit. So you wonder, is it are they a product of, um, you know, an overhype or an underhype? At this point, it, looked, uh, it looks a little overhyped to me. We have the, the huge NFC East rivalry game. Next up, Tom, Washington. And Dallas saw the Cowboys get get healthy. It seemed to be Monday night in that win at the Giants. In this one, they're going to be on their home field, Jerry World, and they're a field goal favorite over the Commanders and Ron Rivera. When when Dak Prescott went down and Cooper Rush came in, I sat here and I told everybody that I didn't understand. I sat here here. I sat on my Sports Garden Network show. Um, I sat on my podcast for Sports Garden Network, uh, Wagering Week. I Everywhere that, that anybody would listen, I said, Dak Prescott's not worth a 10-point swing. The drop-off from Dak Prescott to Cooper Rush is not worth a 10-point swing. Tim, this line opened up, and it was supposed to be Cowboys minus 7. Well, now it's Cowboys minus 3. Uh, yeah, that's about right, right? I mean, I, I think Cooper Rush is a 4-point swing. That's about right. But Dallas is still favored. Dallas is still favored in this spot. Um, they're basically saying, okay, we're believing in Cooper Rush. On the other side of things, I think this is all about the Dallas defense going after Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz leads the NFL in sacks taken and yards lost through sacks. He is, he's been sacked 14 times the last two games, okay? Um, he ranks 21st in yards per attempt. He's getting crushed out there, and then he's panicking and throwing it down. And, and you look at you go, well, he does have seven touchdown passes. He didn't have one against the Eagles, but he does have seven touchdown passes. Because Carson Wentz at that point is just launching it up for his life. Everything's going to be about Micah Parsons and Lawrence coming in and the pressure that they, they're going to be able to attribute there. Now, I don't believe in Dallas and and their throw it all day to C.D. Lamb and, and you know get Brown involved. No, they need to get Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott and not just be a Pollard-Ezekiel Elliott game where Chase Young is still missing in the middle of that line. 
But the Carson Wentz sack factor is large for me. You also throw in the fact that Antonio Gibson is just doing nothing. I talk about yards after contact and breaking tackles. He is one of the worst in the league right now, yards after contact. He was never very good. He was always about two yards after contact. He's about a half a yard after contact him. It is a massive fall off from where he was, which means if Carson Wentz cannot get the ball downfield, because he's not having time because he's getting sacked and pressured. Well, he's going to have to dump it off to a guy that can't break tackles. I I have to lean Dallas in this spot, guys. I really do. I'm not a big, huge Dallas backer. And I know that the money isn't on Dallas. And I don't, I don't like that. They are really all of a sudden kind of jumping onto Cooper rush. I thought I'd be able to have a couple more weeks of being able to bet on him, but I have to lean Dallas. Yeah. I lean the Cowboys as well. I think rush uh, he looked fine in Monday night. You know, he was 21-31 at a touchdown. But you said it, establishing the run, and that's what they did with Pollard and Elliott, splitting carries, basically. They both uh, one at 15, one at 13. But, Tom, they put up 176 yards on the ground, and I think that's that's the game plan. You, you said it, attack the weakness, which is the line. Uh, make Don't make Rush have to make plays he shouldn't be making, right, Tom? Just pick them apart running, and then... He can make the big pass when needed, and I, I like that. I like that theory. And you know, I know it's only one game data that we're looking at. So tomorrow is important to see how Dallas will look here in the next couple weeks because Dak's still not going to be ready. All of a sudden, they're saying Dak. Dak feels good. Dak wants to come back. Yeah, because Dak's afraid of his job at this point. <laughs> I mean, Cooper Rush is just winning, and you know, no place else. I, look, obviously, Dak's the better quarterback, but no, no other fan base is going to get on their backup quarterback as much as the Dallas Cowboys. One more game to go. New York, the Jets. This time, no Joe Flacco. He went one and two in his three games. I, I thought he did a, a pretty serviceable job, but. Uh, the kid, Zach Wilson, back in at quarterback tomorrow, and they'll be in Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers, both teams one and two. Tom, uh, Steelers, I think, just, well, let's first look at the line, three and a half at home. The Steelers thing, I'm waiting for that game. I, I still haven't seen it. I don't know if I'm going to see it, Tom, but maybe tomorrow should say we see it. Pittsburgh, three and a half home. Yeah, and I'm surprised the line is so so light. Um, I'm surprised people coming in on the Jets. Tomlin, since being named head coach, Pittsburgh has covered 55% of its home games. That's fifth best in the NFL. Besides that, look, it's the Zach Wilson's factor. Oh, Zach Wilson's coming back, and he's more athletic, and he's more this, and he's more that. Look, Joe Flacco has led the league in pass attempts, guys. They had no problem with Joe Flacco. He's going down there, and he's just flinging it all over the field. Zach Wilson has now not only played – not he hasn't played a game. He hasn't been in practice, Tim. He hasn't been able to even take reps since, you know, in the middle of the summer. It has been a long time, and he's not a guy that could just jump into this offense, which is a changing offense, and just expect it, oh, everything's going to be perfectly fine. The Jets are also, they put Noah Fant, I'm sorry, uh, George Fant on the injured reserve list. That is terrible. So you look at this and you go, wait a minute, George Fant is now down. There's on a two backup offensive linemen. We talked about how important that is. McDermott is going to come in at left tackle. That is the most important position in in football outside of quarterback. He's allowed five sacks in two and a half games. We know what he's going to be going up against, and that's Alex Highsmith. He's going to go one-on-one on him. If JT Watt was in this game, this would be my game of the year, by the way. Alex Highsmith's going to be coming in. He's got 11 pressures. He's tied for 
11th among all rushers this year with pressures. He's got four and a half sacks this year. It's going to be a long day for Wilson. On the other side of things, it's hard to go fully in because Pittsburgh without Watt, uh, they're 0-6. They just don't, they do not win without Watt in there. And as a matter of fact, it is a clear indication of what kind of, of defense he brings to the table. The Steelers, they average three and a half sacks per game with him, without him, 1.7 sacks per game. The Steelers also were the first uh, first game this season that they went over 300 yards. I talked about that. 308 last week was their high water mark of the year. And they're two and seven against the spread as home favorites. So there's some problems here. But the thing is, is that how can you go on the Jets with Wilson, who hasn't taken reps, two backup offensive linemen now? Uh, you know, it, the Jets have to just commit to the run here and run it with Brees Hall, or else Wilson might get killed. This is a Pittsburgh for me all day long, Tim. I look at it and I go, uh, you, you know, I hate the three and a half. I don't like the hook. And I don't like that Pittsburgh offense is this anemic and laying points with it. But how can you dare go with the Jets? What the Steelers got to do, though, to get Najee going? Just 128 yards, one touchdown so far this year. They have to protect him. I mean, we've watched the guys. Deontay Johnson's actually having a decent year, and you know that Fryermuth can catch the ball, and the, the receivers have actually looked pretty good, Pickens and whatnot. But right now, Najee Harris, Tim, looks atrocious out there. So they, they are just teeing off. Najee Harris, 3.2 yards per carry, don't tell me it's just the offensive line because Jalen Warren is a 4.7, but Najee Harris has to get a running game going. So teams stop just going after, and they are teeing off on Mitch Trubinsky. They're not giving him any time when he is getting time to throw. He's doing it up against nickel packages and dime packages because they just, they're, they're laughing at Najee Harris trying to run the ball. Harris has to get going for them to protect Mitch Trubinsky. And I know Zach Wilson is quote unquote, the future of the Jets, Tom, and next week you have the Teddy Bridgewater factor when you're looking at that game, but I don't, I have a problem finding a win here. If they don't win tomorrow or, or next week, I really have a problem finding a win for the Jets. And I know it's unheard of. You've got to ride Wilson out now that you're putting him back in. There's no going back to Plateau. No, there's none at all. Absolutely not. This is, this is the will. And this is what's going to happen Tim. if they do lose today or, or tomorrow and they do lose next week well you know what he's getting back in shape and you know he's working back into it you're gonna hear all the coach speak and guess what it's not just coach speak they're right Wilson probably hasn't really uh, been in the game situation now you're talking about uh, I mean what nine months <laughs> you know when was uh, uh, Jets didn't make the bar so December you're talking about December last time he was in a game situation. That's going to take a game or two to kind of get back ramped up. Uh, maybe even three or four. We might be looking at a week before Wilson is back to where he needs to be. And like I said, this is a new offense. He's never played with Wilson, the receiver, Garrett Wilson. He's never played with him. He's never played with Brees Hall. He has never played a game with these guys. He's never played with the two offensive linemen and his left tackle that he's going to have to rely upon. He's walking into an offense with a lot of new moving parts and important moving parts. I have Jet friend, friends that are Jets fans, and I know you do as well, Tom. This was it. Week one. Oh, Flacco starting. Oh, he's old. He's terrible. He sucks. Week two. He wasn't too bad. He gets the win. He's playing good for an old man. Week three. He's not that bad. This team's just bad. Week four, he's out. Wilson. All right, we got Wilson back in there. We're ready to go. If they start to lose... Watch how quickly they turn on Zach Wilson. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 they will 
look, even if they, they are able to, to win tomorrow, they, they're going to go through a little losing streak with, with Zach Wilson because, look, he's young, he's unpolished. Like I said, there's got to be a, a fall-off here. I mean, there just has to be a fall-off. And, and I'm not joking where I, I, I'm telling you now, I would not be even going anywhere near this game if Joe Flacco was there. I would actually probably be leaning the Jets if Flacco was in there. I think Flacco right now for this week is the better quarterback for the New York Jets, but I understand why they're going back to Wilson. And, of course, we'll go over the Monday Nighter tomorrow night on the Sunday night edition of Eagles Sports Rams Niners. So, Tom, that takes us to the free pick portion of the show. What do you have tomorrow for, for the folks out there, the fans of Heat Wave Sports? Tim, my jaw dropped when I saw this line, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this to you. It's a prop play, but I, I, I don't understand where this is coming from. You can get Justin Herbert over one and a half touchdown passes at minus 125. That's it. That's all you're laying, guys. Justin Herbert, uh, we we have established. Austin Echo is not running the ball. They're not able to run the ball. They're going to be passing the ball. It's the Houston Texans, guys. He's going to be able to put up some numbers. He's going to be able to throw the ball. And if he if it is the flip outs and whatnot, it's going to be to an Austin Eckler. Do not expect a lot of running inside. Do not expect when they're inside the 10-yard line to trust anybody but Justin Herbert against a very weak secondary of this Houston Texans. I can't believe it's only one and a half, Tim. I mean, people are down on the charges. I know that they're banged up, but it's the, still the Texans. Give me over one and a half touchdown passes for Justin Herbert, who might get that in the first half. Tommy likes Herbert over one and a half, only at a dollar twenty-five. That that is value, and we we know about. Uh, we had the same situation a, a couple weeks back with Mahomes, right? Week one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was week one with him and Mahomes. And I, I hit that that uh, parlay and just crushed it. Uh, I don't understand why why it's so weak. Um, are people believing in Houston? Are people thinking that he's more hurt than he is? Because all the reports that I'm seeing from practice this week says he's he's good to go. All right, Timmy, Timmy teaser time. Timmy teaser, Tom, three and zero right now in the season, and it's all documented over on Twitter. Like you mentioned, we say it here. We document it over on Twitter. Up nine units. If you're thinking about it, we play three units on, on the on the teaser. So this week we're going to go. I'm, I'm naming this one just a plain AFC teaser. That's it. Take the six-and-a-half-point teaser, though. Remember that to get the line. So we'll go Chargers plus the one, Steelers plus the three, Tom. I love it, Tim. I like it. I'm right in step with you. Chargers plus the one, Steelers plus the three, Timmy teaser. Six and a half point teaser. Tom, let everybody know about all the things you do to be Tom Barton. Yeah, guys, go check it out. TomBartonSports.com. Guys, look, I am I'm crushing it right now. You want to be a part. 70% September is one of the best months I've ever had. 70% September. I feel like I got this season absolutely down on lock. So go check it out. It's TomBartonSports.com. Go check me out at Tom Barton Sports over on YouTube. I'm Barton Sports on Twitter. If you guys want to talk back and forth, I love that. And go check me out at Sports Garden Network, Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N. Tomorrow's show, Wanna Bet Weekend Edition, will be on tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Be giving live scoring updates uh, from that London game. And go check me out on all of my podcasts. Wagering Week, Wanna Bet, all of it. Tommy, might as well stay up six and a half hours. Still kick off, man. Yeah, start drinking now. <laughs> All right, Tom, we'll talk to you tomorrow night on the Super Sunday Night Edition of Heat Wave Sports. 
for Tom Barton. I'm Tim Ongelby, DeMond Cotton. Glad to have him back for tonight. We're back tomorrow night, like I said, Sunday night, 10 o'clock, two-way sports. Only on Fox Sports Radio Las Vegas. Have a good night.